this, this year, we celebrate the 82nd year of promoting Divine Mercy message by our community, 82 years. For 82 years, we've been doing this work. God has given to us, God's providence has entrusted this message to us so that we may promote it. But would you believe this year is the 80th year that we are promoting it from here? Shrine didn't exist yet, but we had a, one of the rooms in, our, in this house, which was a chapel of divine mercy at that time before the shrine was built. So we began to do so in the fall of 20, 1943. We purchased the building, and then we created one out of one of the rooms a special chapel in honor of divine mercy. And we've been doing that. And ever since that, for 80 years, from this place, we have prayed the chaplet and the novena. And even during the time of the prohibition, we still prayed the novena in a little different form than the one that was given by Faustina. But we've been doing that. So isn't that incredible? For 80 years, you know, the 80th anniversary, I can say that. I'd like to read to you um, a very succinct biography published by the Vatican on Faustina. And I think then, and then I'll try to unpack some of the things that are part of it. It's not too long, however, it is very succinct, and I would like to read it verbatim. This is from the Vatican, um, uh, Vatican VA website, and that was introduced to the church in 2002. It says, Sister Mary Faustina, an apostle of the Divine Mercy, belongs today to the group of the most popular and well-known saints of the church. She was actually listed in top 10 of the well-known saints and closer to the, to the top. Obviously, Francis and, you know, and people like, like, uh, like, you know, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, uh, Saint, Saint uh, of the, of the, uh, Our Lady of Lourdes, you know, we have Bernadette of Subaru, Subaru, and all those, but she's on the top, okay? And it says the following, through her, the Lord Jesus communicates to the world the great message of God's mercy and reveals the pattern of Christian perfection based on trust in God and on the attitude of mercy towards, one, towards our neighbor. She was born August 25, 1905 in Poland of a poor and religious family of peasants, the third of 10 children. She was baptized with the name Helena in a parish church. From a very tender age, she stood out because of her love of prayer, work, obedience, and also her sensitivity to the poor. At the age of nine, she made her first Holy Communion, living this moment very profoundly in her awareness of the presence of divine guest within her soul. She attended school for three years. At the age of 16, she left home and went to work as a housekeeper in order to find the means of supporting herself and of helping her parents. At the age of seven, she had already felt the first stirrings of a religious vocation. After finishing school, she wanted to enter the convent 
but her parents would not give her permission. Called during a vision of the suffering Christ on August 1st, 1925, she entered the congregation of the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy and took the name Sister Mary Faustina. She lived in the congregation for 13 years in several religious houses. She spent time in Krakow, Plotsk, Vilnius, where she worked as a cook, gardener, and porter. Externally, nothing revealed her religious mystical interior life. She zealously performed her tasks and faithfully observed the rule of religious life. She was recollected and at the same time very natural, serene, and full of kindness and disinterested love for her neighbor. Although her life was apparently insignificant, monotonous, and dull, she hid within herself an extraordinary union with God. It is the mystery of the mercy of God which she contemplated in the Word of God as well as in the everyday activities of her life that forms the basis of her spirituality. So contemplation of the mystery of, of divine mercy. The process of contemplating and getting to know the mystery of God's mercy helped develop within Sister Mary Faustina the attitude of childlike trust in God as well as mercy toward her neighbors. Oh my Jesus, she said, each of your saints reflects one of your virtues. I desire to reflect your compassionate heart, full of mercy. I want to glorify it. Let your mercy, O oh Jesus, be impressed upon my heart and my soul like a seal, and this will be my badge in this and the future life. That's from the diary 1242. Sister Faustina was a faithful daughter of the church, which she loved like a mother and the mystical body of Jesus Christ. Conscious of her role in the church, she cooperated with God's mercy in the task of saving souls. At the specific request of and the following example of our Lord Jesus, she made a sacrifice of her own life for this very goal. In her spiritual life, she also distinguished herself with the love of the Eucharist and of deep devotion to Mother of Mercy. The years she spent at the convent were filled with extraordinary gifts, such as revelations, visions, hidden stigmata, participation in the passion of the Lord, and the gift of bilocation, the reading of human souls, the gift of prophecy, and the rare gift of mystical engagement and marriage. The living relationship with God, the Blessed Mother, the angels, the saints, the souls in purgatory, with the entire supernatural world, was an equally real for her as was the world she perceived with her senses. In spite of being so richly endowed with extraordinary graces, Sister Mary Faustina knew that they do not, in fact, constitute sanctity. In her diary, she wrote, neither graces, nor revelations, nor raptures, nor gifts granted to a soul make it perfect, but rather the intimate union of the soul with God. These gifts are merely ornaments of the soul but constitute neither its essence nor its perfection. My sanctity and perfection consists in a close union of my will with the will of God. Diary 1107. The Lord Jesus chose Sister Mary Faustina as the apostle and secretary of his mercy so that she could tell the world about his great mercy. In the Old Testament, he said to her, I send prophets wielding thunderbirds to my mercy, to my people. Today I'm sending you 
with my mercy to the people of the whole world. I do not wish to punish aching mankind, but I desire to heal it, pressing it to my merciful heart. And so there are three elements of remission which the Holy See summarized for us, reminding the world of the truth of our faith revealed in the Holy Scripture about the merciful love of God toward every human being, and trusting and entreating God's mercy for the whole world, and particularly for sinners, among others, through the practice of new forms of devotion, the divine mercy presented by our Lord Jesus, such as veneration of the image of divine mercy, with the inscription, Jesus, I trust in you, the feast of divine mercy celebrated on the first Sunday after Easter, chaplet to the divine mercy, and prayer at the hour of mercy. The Lord attached great promises to the above forms of devotion, provided one entrusted one's life to God and practiced every active form of one's neighbor. And the third element, third task, in Sister Maria Faustina's mission consists in initiating the apostolic movement of the divine mercy, which undertakes the task of proclaiming and entreating God's mercy for the world and strives for Christian perfection, following the precepts laid down by the blessed Sister Maria Faustina. The precepts in question require the faithful to display an attitude of childlike trust in God, which expresses itself in fulfilling his will, as well in the attitude of mercy towards one's neighbors. Today, this movement within the church involves millions of people throughout the world. It comprises religious congregations, lay institutes, religious brotherhoods, associations, various communities of apostles of divine mercy, as well as individual people who take up the tasks which the Lord Jesus communicated to them through Sister Maria Faustina. The mission of Sister Mary Faustina was recorded in her diary, which she kept at the specific request of the Lord Jesus and her confessors. In it, she recorded faithfully all of the Lord's wishes and also described the encounters between her soul and him. Secretary of my profound mercy, the Lord Jesus said to her, know that your task is to write down everything that I make known to you about my mercy for the benefit of those who by reading these things will be comforted in their souls and will have the courage to approach me. That's 1693. In an extraordinary way, Sister Faustina's work sheds light on the mystery of divine mercy. It delights not only the simple and uneducated people, but also scholars who look upon it as an additional source of theological research. The diary has been translated into many languages. Sister Mary Faustina, consumed by tuberculosis and by innumerable sufferings, which she accepted as a voluntary sacrifice for sinners, died in Krakow at the age of just 33 on October 5, 1938. With a reputation for spiritual maturity and a mystical union with God, the reputation of the holiness of her life grew as it did the cult to divine mercy and the graces she obtained from God through her intercession. In the years 65, 67, 1965, 1967, an investigative process into her life and heroic virtues was undertaken in 1968 by, and the beatification process was initiated in Rome. The latter came to an end in December 1992 
On April 18, 1993, our Holy Father John Paul raised Sister Faustina to the glory of the altars. And on, December, on April 30, 2000, she was raised in the honor as a saint, and she remains in Krakowiagiewniki. I think that the summary offers us quite a bit here of who she was. But let me say this. If I were to quickly summarize, I would have to say this. This message of divine mercy is known around the world. The images are venerated at family homes and churches around the world, and they're recognized every place. Every place I've been, travel, and I've traveled quite a bit, there is Jesus in churches, places. The Divine Mercy Chaplet is known and prayed by countless souls. It is sung in many languages with hundreds of millions of views. I just looked at the internet. English and Spanish language of the chaplet has been played and viewed over 100 million people times each. Over 100 million. And this is just, I did quick, just quick research. I didn't look too far. Too far. Chaplet in other languages, French, German, Italian, Polish, has been viewed in tens of millions. Uh, I have not done research in Chinese or Arabic, but I know these things exist, Tagalog, other places. You know, uh, people recite, pray. The chaplet is contained in the official church's directory of prayer, the formal prayers that the, the church uh, has, uh, has summarized and, and listed. Now, Divine Mercy Sunday has been established in the Universal Church Included is included in the Roman Missal. A new votive mass also, a votive mass in honor of divine mercy has been also included in the present current Missal, which means can be celebrated. This is this, this, this woman of three years of grade school education, uh, seemed to have counted for nothing. She was a simple, simple religious cooking, gardening, porters, nothing special. And look what God is able to do within a soul who says, I want to live my life for you. I want you to do whatever you wish. I'd like to be one of those souls, one of the souls that wishes to promote your message of mercy. That's all she, that's all she asked the Lord. She, she had confidence in him. That's all she wanted to do. And look what happens, you know, and I give you more statistics around divine mercy has been established already. Hour of great mercy commemorating the Lord's dying for us is celebrated by millions of people each day. Several movies were made about Faustina. You know, Love and Mercy, which was, was shown here in the States in public theaters, it was ranked number two during the week it showed other, there's only one that was higher than the attendance, which means people love her. In public theaters, right during the pandemic, people were still willing to go and see, even though many were afraid, but, but many, the, there are several musical oratorios have been composed. Uh, Divine Mercy has become a tool of new evangelization. The dicastery of evangelization statues, which the, you know, remember the former Sacred Congregation for Evangelization. It, it, it includes in one of its articles, says that among its missionary goals is the promotion of divine mercy in all forms. 
is a part of the evangelization, the office of evangelization or the dicastria is known. Where divine mercy grows, there's a growth in mass attendance, Eucharistic adoration, and hence participation sacrament of reconciliation. Every time we have a conference of divine mercy, we end up hearing confessions for four or five or six hours. I remember this priest in one of the parish, he says, you know, we were organizing it. There's about a thousand people who came and he says, Father, he says, I, I, in the pastor, I said, Father, we need some confessors. He says, oh yeah, I got you two for one hour. It should be enough. I said, Father, you don't understand. This is a Divine Mercy Conference. We'll need at least four, five, or six besides us who are there and four or five hours. He says, don't tell me this. He says, I have to tell you because that's the truth. Wherever Divine Mercy is promoted, there's a, people are drawn to God because he is truly God of love and mercy. Remember, divine mercy message also has, has uh, spurred a new research in biblical understanding of mercy. Biblical understanding, so many books have, have been written. You know, the, we look again at the terms of Old Testament terms, hased, rahamin, the emet, hased, meaning that the mercy, which is fidelity of God to himself, is not a contract. God is always faithful. doesn't matter how much we have run away from him. Yes, we may separate ourselves from him, but his fidelity to us, the merciful love that he has for us, does not stop. And he gives us, even when we are in sin, even when we have separated from him, he continues to give us through the gift of contrition, reminders, ongoing reminders, so we can come back to him. Hasad, Rahamin, is the love of the mother, the child of her womb. And the Lord says, even if she were to forget, I will never forget you. The love of a mother for a child doesn't matter how bad the child is, she still loves the child and she wants to make sure that it's not hungry, it's not whatever is being taken care of. That's the love of the Father. This is renewal, renewing ourselves in the knowledge of the biblical understanding of, of the divine mercy. And so by way of Hasad, Rahamin, Ahmed, others, persevering prayer. Prayer people who pray the chaplet in an ongoing way. I hear some people who said, you know, this Father Richard who said he prayed all day long the chaplet. I don't know if I could do it, but he did. And he received extraordinary blessings. You have you have Ili Bagiza who was, as you know, remember, locked up in that bathroom with 10 people survive the, the, the genocide in Rwanda, praying the chaplet continuously as much as she could do, rosaries. The devotional life and spiritual life has been enhanced. The diary has been translated into now 26 languages. Uh, we, have, we have the evidence, uh, I have to say, it's a bestseller because it's sell, sold in millions already. <laughs> I know in English, you know, in, uh, from our own community, we've sold millions of copies, okay? So it's going someplace. That means people are buying. I, I always love to say that, that it is the best book on feminine spirituality. Sometimes you see these feminine, you know, uh, feminine spirituality, all kinds of books, whatever it is. And, and yet here we have probably the best book feminine spirituality, a soul that allows herself 
to not only to receive all the blessings, but she's able to communicate. She has brought a renewal in the church, renewal in the church, renewal, renewal for not only sacramental, you know, love for the sacraments, especially Eucharist, because, you know, she's St. Faustina of the Most Holy Eucharist. And most of the extraordinary graces that she received, the visions and everything else is from contemplating the Eucharist. Eucharist as being the very source of receiving Jesus alive, that he's with us. And not only that, but she has reintroduced into the church a, a, a renewal in the image of God, who is God, our God who loves, who cares, the Father, the truly the, the Father. You know, the, um, uh, she has also inspired various forms of works of mercy, renewed. I know people who, like, you know, example of Ted Hanley in Galveston, who started with praying the chaplet and then set up a restaurant for the homeless and, and right in a, in a business district. And then not only that, but he created a, 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 also a, a, a place for clothing and, and a clinic and everything else that goes with it. Powerful work of mercy, because inspired by the chaplet, just playing the chaplet, and that's what happened. Rumi, you know, the, the place, the Jesus for the chosen one is by praying the chaplet and divine mercy that kind of produced, and then he gives the witness himself. What happened to him? You know, just many, many examples. The popes, Pope Pius XII, John XXIII, Pope Paul VI, Benedict, uh, John Paul, Benedict, and now Francis. All of them have been, in, 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 you know, not only drawn into this message, but Pope Benedict said, uh, the, uh, the, this is not just a secondary devotion, it's at the heart of the gospel. Heart of the gospel, because it takes us right into Paschal mystery. John Paul says, from the beginning of my pontificate, I consider divine mercy message to be the most important. It's the task of my life. And that's why he was able to do so many things. Uh, Pope Francis, uh, year of mercy establishing, who reminds us that unless we pass through the doors of, of mercy, we have to pass through the doors of justice. We do not wish. Proclaim this message. Proclaim this message because it is very, very redemptive. It draws us to, to the Lord. And Faustina herself, you know, um, you know she, she spoke of suffering, suffering as being a way of bringing forth graces to others. She suffered from TB and other things. But she says, I would not trade the greatest sufferings uh, for the joys of this world. Because for me, this time here on earth, we walk this journey of sharing the sufferings of Christ. But we wish to bring as many into the fold, into the future glory, future happiness that will never end. And so this is why she would offer her sufferings uniting her to Christ. And then she, she welcomed it. As a matter of fact, there's a moment in her life when she was complaining, and she complained and that, you know, why she has to suffer so much. And so the Lord suspended for her for a month, and then she felt guilty. She says, Lord, I don't want to do your will. I just don't want to do my own will. And so everything came back, and she welcomed it. For us, it's hard. Suffering is not easy. Suffering, the pain, which you have to suffer, physical, spiritual trials, not that simple, not that easy. 
but she shows us it's possible to transform these sufferings into becoming people who participate in the unfolding of salvation. We contribute, as St. Paul says, when we unite our sufferings in Christ, we, what we do is we help one another in this world to, to come to know the Lord, to overcome our own weaknesses, obstacles that we have. So this, this, I'm always with you, the Lord says to her, through your act of surrendering these, these terrible torments that you have, I am always with you. I'll always be there for you. I will ease your sufferings, ease your pain, even knowing that it has a redemptive value. Okay, I gave you a little bit of a, like a, a little glimpse. There's lots of other data I could have, but this already to this homily is too long. You know, the, the portion of, of the Holy See's uh, summary of her life, which actually provides very good summary, but also the, the very data that has been so visible to us and the effects of this woman, this young woman who gave herself to Christ fully and allowed herself to participate in that mission. Jesus says, so, uh, daughters, help me to save souls. And she took this task very seriously. And here we are. You are asked the same. My daughters, my sons, help me to save souls. Pray, intercede, offer your sufferings, uh, proclaim it. Tell priests, you know, that they should proclaim the mercy is the greatest attribute of God, the greatest gift of the Father through His Son. This is our task, and so that's why we're invited today here at this place, National Shrine, where for 80 years we've tried to do the work, and I can't believe this. I, you know, for me it's been 40, almost 43 years of this work, and, and I watch and I see the incredible grace that's been given to the world. But it's very consoling. As a matter of fact, more than consoling. It fills my heart with great joy to see people participate in the gifts of God given to us through His Son, our Savior, our Redeemer, in whom we place our confidence and trust. In Him is our life. In Him is our future. In Him is our happiness forever. God doesn't lie to us. He wants to make us his son's daughters, sharing, sharing his divinity as he shared our humanity. So may, the, may this, through this Eucharist, may we come to know him more, love him more, especially when we receive him at the time of Holy Communion, that we may tell him how much we love him, how much we wish to live his life we may surrender ourselves that his will be done in us and that he may help us to spread it, to share it as many as possible so that countless souls on account of us will share in the glory to come in the paradise prepared for us. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. 
To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marion on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.